good to see everybody. Hope you are doing good. Saturday night, day before church. Let me talk about the church stuff first. 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida. I pastor a church called Foundation Church right here on the Gulf Coast in what's called Southwest Florida on the Gulf Coast. We're between uh, Tampa and Fort Myers. Do not go back. I'm telling you, I tell this, tell you this every week. Do not go back to your COVID caving church. I'm telling you, it's a big deal. Just because they're reopened or they're really not open, find a church that never closed wherever you are at. Search us, whether we're too, too far away or not. Do a search. Find a church that never closed, that never caved to COVID, that never turned their back on the Word of God and close their church at the government's command or at the government's suggestion because we have a great governor. You never had to close your church. And I still hear Christians, by the way, right here in the state of Florida where we had a great pastor by the name of Rodney Howard Brown who got arrested and paid the price for our churches to stay open, a great governor that kept our churches open in response to Pastor Rodney's arrest. You never had to close, and I still hear pastors, and I still hear Christians talk about their pastors saying that, you know what, in Florida we had to close, we were mandated to close, it was a government-ordered closure, it was not, never had to close, never had to mitigate, never had to do anything inside your churches, never had to wear a mask, never had to social distance, never had to lock down, period. So find a church that did not turn their back on the Word of God, Find a church that would that never did turn their back on the word of God and close. Find it. Search us. It's Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. and 11.15 a.m. We are Bible thumpers. Turn or burn the promises of God, everything. We don't back off of anything in Scripture to make ourselves feel better or to make ourselves feel worse. We stand in the word of God. So search us, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida. Make the drive. Radical times call for radical measures. Just because it's more convenient to go to a COVID caving church, don't go. It's worth the drive. I'm telling you, it's it all matters. This is a big deal because if they cave for this, for COVID, they'll cave for the next thing. You're like, well, Tom, you know, this was a life-threatening disease. No, it's not. Those are all lies. We'll get more into more and more into that as the as the program goes on. If I do get to COVID tonight, I don't know, but I've got it ready to go. But find a church that never caved. First thing we're going to talk about tonight is wokeism. We have a major problem in our country. A major, major problem. Our police are going woke. Mayors are woke. Governors are woke. The president, obviously, and vice president are woke. Now we're seeing our generals testify before the Congress, before Senate, before the Senate, and they're woke, talking about critical race theory, doing everything but actually preparing our armed forces to stand up against our number one adversary, which is the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, doing everything, having drag, drag queen shows on Air Force bases, maternity flight suits, and new hairstyles. Promoting female generals, that's, that's the goal of Joe Biden, while the CCP rises up all around the world. Well, just as a great example of wokeism is the vice president of the United States. And I, you know, she isn't, in my opinion, it's not really my opinion, it's factual data. She's not the true vice president of the United States. She's the one that's fraudulently occupying that office along with her boss, Joe Biden. But she's a great example of wokeism, and Tucker sums it up really good. Play it for me take hits tonight. Now, if you're following the race at that moment, you chuckled because, in fact, Kamala Harris was not a top-tier candidate. Not then, not ever. 
not since the day she actually announced. Now, on paper, she had seemed like a very serious contender. She was a United States senator from the country's biggest state. She was a former prosecutor who enjoyed nearly universal support among Washington Post reporters and MSNBC anchors. So it seemed for a while like it could work. Why wouldn't it work? Well, here's why. The problem was actual voters found her repellent. We don't need to guess about this. We have the numbers. The more Kamala Harris they got, the more repelled they became. By December, Harris was losing to Andrew Yang in her own state. The majority of California Democrats, primary voters, said they wanted her to drop out of the race. Harris was even getting crushed in Iowa, a tiny state where she had spent virtually all of her money. So even in a business that is famous for rewarding falseness, Kamala Harris was just too phony to win. She was too fake for politics. So take a moment once in a while, just to pause a respite, to enjoy the pure hilarious absurdity of Miss Kamala D. Harris. You'll find it refreshing. So this is a fully vaccinated person who recently kissed her fully vaccinated husband while both of them were wearing surgical masks and then pretended it was entirely normal, just like you do at home, kissing your vaccinated husband with a surgical mask. This is the daughter of two college professors who tells you with a straight face that she grew up poor and depressed under Jim Crow in California. This is a person who can't stop lecturing you about American values, what this country stands for, despite the fact she didn't really grow up here. Actually, Harris went to high school in Montreal, and yet, and this is the amazing part, even in French-speaking Canada, she now tells us, quote, many generations of her Indian and Jamaican family somehow celebrated Kwanzaa. That's a holiday that was invented in Los Angeles in 1966, and we could go on, but let's summarize it for you. How fake is Kamala Harris? We'll put it this way. She can't even decide how to pronounce her own first name. We've heard her say it at least two different ways with maximum confidence. The L.A. Times, which was a news organization at one point, announced that Harris was getting her own section in the newspaper. That is news dedicated exclusively to Kamala Harris. Readers get their business news, their international news, and then their critical Kamala Harris news. She's now her own category of news. The paper called the new section covering Kamala Harris. Disney went further than that. Kamala Harris, Disney explained to your kids recently, isn't actually a political leader. She's more than that. She's like a god. Once there was a young girl who used her voice to make the world around her a better place. Some say the odds were stacked against her, but her mother had big plans for this little flower who had freedom fighting in her blood. She led a successful protest so kids could continue to play and became part of a divine group of leaders. She rose to places that no woman had. From front lawn activist to Madam Vice President, she will use her voice to run this nation and inspire it too. Kamala Harris, making her story. <laughs> Kamala Harris. Next time you see someone walking across the top of your swimming pool, it's probably Kamala Harris. She became part of a divine group of leaders. Kamala Harris does have a kind of appealing humility, so she doesn't compare herself to God. She prefers the superhero analogy. In fact, her own book is called Superheroes Are Everywhere. That's the book that wound up at the migrant detention facility recently. If you haven't seen it or if you're looking for more Kamala Harris books, there's a whole assortment. You can get her niece's book. That's called Kamala and Maya's Big Idea. What's the idea? We couldn't find it. 
And if your kids are interested, and of course they are, they can buy the, quote, youth-oriented edition of Kamala Harris's ghost-written memoir. <laughs> and of course, because why wouldn't there be, we now have Kamala Harris-themed food. In this case, baked goods apparently made by the United States military. On her way to Guatemala this weekend, on the plane, Kamala Harris walked to the back to hand out cookies. Not just any cookies, not Oreos, not Fig Newtons, cookies in the shape of Kamala Harris. One USA Today reporter who was thrilled excitedly snapped a picture, quote, the VP made a visit to the back of the plane and delivered cookies decorated with the shape of her likeness. <gasps> As Kamala Harris found out yesterday when she arrived in Guatemala. Her motorcade was mobbed by protesters, not trying to get her autograph or buy her superhero books, but telling her to get the hell out of their country. Kamala, go home, read one placard. Another sign near the presidential palace, this one really hurt, read this, Kamala Trump won. Now to a certain kind of... So for you Disney lovers out there, just remember that was a Disney video that they ran earlier calling her divine. And let me ask you this question. Who on earth serves cookies in their own image? You ever think about the lunatics that are currently occupying the White House? Who on earth goes to the back of the plane on Air Force Two serving cookies in their own image. Can you imagine the convoluted, psychopathic personality that you have to have, that you would go back and serve cookies in your own image and believe that that's a good thing? And then Disney calls you divine? All right, Leo Kirsch tweet. Wokeism, and just remember, wokeism is what we're talking about. Wokeism is actually a new religion. Now, all my evangelical friends that are wa watching right now on CTN, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere, I want you to look at this video and see if this actually reminds you of. Not, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to castigate all churches. It actually reminds me of an Ark Church service more than anything else. You know, Pastor Skinny Jeans, the the churches that don't actually preach the Word of God, the churches that all closed for COVID. But this should remind you of a lot of really Ark style churches. Play it for me. About racism, anti-blackness, or violence. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. And do everything in my power to educate my community. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. See, wokeism is actually a religion. And you're like, well, where, where do you get that from? Because there's no facts behind it. There's absolutely no facts behind critical race theory. There's no facts behind every single white person is a racist. There's no justification to be teaching that to every government official. Joe Biden just put that in place. Every single government official, that's from, you know, not just, I shouldn't even say official. Every single government official and employee will now be taught critical race theory under the Biden administration. If you want to work for the federal government, you will go through your wokeism religious class and be taught lies about it. Speaking of liars, here's another one for you. Play it for me. Alter question, so there's one less problematic white person in the world. Hey, Jess. Yes. Hey, girl. Do you ever microaggress me? I sure do. What happens after you microaggress me? Um, you let me know, mm -hmm. and I apologize, mm -hmm. and um, tell you that I will try to do better next time. Are you afraid of me? No. Are you offended? 
No, I'm grateful that you value our friendship enough to even say something with me because to even say something to me because you don't have to do that. And so I'm all right back to me. Can't watch too much of that stuff. A lot of you probably don't realize that's how people actually live. There's lots of people. Now, now, allegedly, Joe Biden got 81 million votes. We know that's a lie. He probably got somewhere around 60 and was beaten by Trump, 74 million to about 60 million. That's really the data. However, there's 60 million people that believe in that, that live in, live in our country right now. And that's why the church should never acquiesce and never close, should never capitulate to what the world tells it to do because you unleash that upon our society. You're like, Tom, not everything relates to COVID. No, but COVID is the perfect example. It's the epitome. When you sit there and you walk away from the word of God and you turn your back on the word of God, this is what gets unleashed into our culture. All right, Tom Elliott tweet. WAPO, that's Washington Post, explains, explainer, video encourages white people to feel shame Create white accountability groups. Play this video for me. The next piece of it. In this episode, we're tackling white racial identity and why understanding your whiteness is integral to becoming self-aware as a white person. I'm Nicole Ellis, and this is The New Normal. I am originally from a smaller town in Oklahoma. Everybody just see the Chiron that they put up. It said the new normal. Now, there's probably a few of you that are watching this that said wokeism. Or and just remember, all these anti-racism people are actually the racist. Remember, Karl Marx said, always accuse them of doing what you're doing or being what you are. Yeah, put, you put that side by side. So here you go. You got this, right? Now, where did this come from? Where did, where did you ever hear the new normal? You know, COVID's got nothing to do with racism. It's all the same lie. Systemic racism is a bold-faced lie. Systemic racism in law enforcement, right? About 200 black people a year are killed by the cops. 600 white people are killed by the cops. So is there systemic racism in law enforcement? Absolutely not. But where did this come from? This came from covid So now the lies are now intermingling and becoming intermeshed with one another. This is, they're using COVID, COVIDology, COVID language to now usher in their wokeism. It's an attack on all fronts using a fake illness. I know COVID exists, but the response to it was fake acting like it was this deadly virus when from zero to 50 years of age, your survivability, your survival rate post-infection at minimum from zero to 50 years of age is 99.98%. From 50 to 70, 99.5%. So they say this is a, you know, a, a existential threat to your life. It's a deadly plague. That's a lie. So they use that lie Remember these people, whether it's the Democratic Party, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the globalists, the left worldwide, the CCP, the PLA, one name after another, one acronym after another, representing the left. They are liars. They say that butchering the unborn is not killing people. That's a lie. They say that homosexuality is not a sin. That's a lie. They say that COVID-19 is the bubonic plague. That's a lie. They treat it and they usher in their globalism. They usher in their tyranny. And it's all the conveyance of all of that. The vehicle of all of that is lies. And see their lies end up intermingling with one another. That's why you have them now using 
racial COVID lies are now used. The new normal, remember that came out with COVID. This is going to be our new normal. Everybody's going to have to wear a mask. We're always going to have to be aware of COVID because it could kill you at any moment. That was their new normal that everybody has to get used to. Now it's being used for their other lie, which is systemic racism, which is simply used, again, to usher in globalism, socialism, and the new world order. Play it for me. Um, A smaller town in Oklahoma, whiteness was the default and whiteness was the comfort. Part of the structure of racism in the way that it's maintained is to keep us from recognizing that racism is a part of our daily lives. And so it's a longer term process of looking at your understanding of yourself in the world, both historically, but also contextually, the family you live in, the community you live in, and what role whiteness plays in that. The more you kind of dive into that, the more I'm really realizing how deeply rooted racism is. So much of this stuff. So here's the thing. Imagine if the roles were reversed and they were using blackness instead of whiteness. It's all racism. And please understand this. You can put the next one up. Please understand this. They don't really believe it. I mean, do you really think that Nancy Pelosi, who is worth somewhere between 60 and $150 million, do you really believe that she cares about the plight of minorities in inner cities? Do you really think that? I mean, I I just, I wonder because every single one, whether it's Don Lamont from CNN, whether it's Patrice Cullors, the founder of Black Lives Matter, none of them live in black neighborhoods. So are they really, really concerned? Neither does Nancy Pelosi, neither does AOC, none of them. So are they really concerned? See, really, the whole thing is, is everybody who espouses anti-racism just, and it gets complicated because that's what they want too. They want confusion. They will say if you're against anti-racism in indoctrination, which is CRT, uh, critical race theory, then you're a racist. Actually, you're anti-racist if you're against their anti-racism. That's the truth. See, they're all actually liars. Look at this tweet. Senior Senator, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse defends his membership at an all White now he's a, he's senator out of Rhode Island at an all white private beach club. His excuse: uh, it's a long tradition in Rhode Island. Play the video for me. Okay, back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all white Bailey's Beach Club. Said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that, and I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Um, Do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You had remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Um, Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club, again, in this day and age, um, you know, should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Uh, I think we just need to work our way through the issues. Thank you. So he's belonged to this thing for umpteen years, and yet what they're doing is working on it. He belongs to an all-white beach club, which I believe is completely wrong. But his his, his excuse is it's a long tradition, and he's allegedly Mr. Civil Rights on the Senate floor. But does he live it? 
Absolutely not. And by the way, this isn't the first time either. Play the next video for me. Good morning. We are looking to get comment from you being a member of one of the most exclusive organizations here in Newport. I don't have one. Why don't you have comment? Did you not step down from the club back in 2006 when you were running for Senate knowing that it could present an issue? I don't recall when we consolidated the membership. Do you think there's an issue belonging to an all-exclusive organization trying to be one of the most progressive members of the Senate? I think it uh, would be nice if the membership uh, changed a little bit, but it's not my... Position to Will you pressure them to do so? I'll take that up privately. Okay, do you have any other comments on them? There you go. So will you pressure them to do so? No. Not, you know, let, and again, every every person on the Democratic side, we're all for people. We have compassion for human beings. Kids in cages, boo-hoo, right? But slaughter them in the womb by the millions. See, they are all, you've got to get this. You Don't don't be like, I, I heard, I heard a, a very good member of Congress the other day. Say, you know what, there's Christians that are Democrats. No, there's not. Know that you cannot be a Christian and believe in the doctrine of the Democratic Party. You cannot. And stop being ashamed to say it. Stop being afraid to say it. You cannot. The doctrine of the Democratic Party is to rip babies out of mother's wombs, piece by bloody piece, vacuuming their brains out, and then selling and then having the FDA sell their baby parts. Supporting abortion worldwide, which adds up to 60 million slaughtered unborn children, 60 million per year. And they believe in homosexual marriage, homosexual relationships, transgenderism. It's all hellbound sin. So you cannot be a Christian and say you are for abortion or homosexual marriage or homosexuality or heterosexual sin, whatever it may be. You can't be a Christian and be for lying. I warn you now, as I've warned you before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. Those are the facts. That's the truth. All right, let's go to this. We're going to skip all that, guys. Uh, just let's go to the uh, Mia Cathel tweet. There you go, right there. Here's some more wokeism for you. Watch. Sesame Street fights anti-Asian bullying. Now, remember, these are the woke people. These are the people that are telling you that you are systemically racist, that you live in inherent white privilege, even unconscious white privilege, deep down suppressed white privilege. These are the people, these are the ones that are allegedly woke. And just remember, woke does not mean awake. Woke actually means galactically dumb. These, look, look at what they do here. Who's, who's the racist? Sesame Street, which is going to preach to you how you are white privileged, and systemically racist, all for CRT. So here's their song. Sesame Street fights anti-Asian bullying with a song on slanty eyes. Would you ever say that? Would you ever say that? Play the video for me. Here is a picture of my dad, Victor. Oh, well, you look just like him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, Anna Lynn. Oh, are you ready to make a family scrapbook? Yeah, you are right on time. Yeah. <laughs> Anna Lynn, are you, is everything all right? What happened? You know, you can always talk to us about how you're feeling. I was at the park today, and the boy told me I was ugly. He made fun of my eyes. He said they look slanty. Oh, oh I'm no, so sorry I, that happened to no. you. That child was wrong to say those things to you. Your eyes are the perfect eyes for you. Yeah. Just like my eyes are the perfect ones for me. 
I told him that he was wrong and that he hurt my feelings. My friends stood by me, but is it true? Are my eyes ugly? No, 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 you have pretty eyes. Everything about you is beautiful, both inside and out. Thanks, but I'm still really sad. I understand how you're feeling, because the same thing happened to me, and it's very hurtful. I'm sorry they were mean to you, Anna Lynn. You know, sometimes when I'm sad, I like to sing. It helps me feel better. And I know the perfect song. I see in your eyes that you feel hurt. Just know that they were wrong. <laughs> Someone said things that made you sad. You were beautiful all along. Your eyes are wonderful. And the girl here with all right, back me. To all right, I can't take any more. There we go. So these are the people that are preaching you. Here, here's another one. Here's another person that wants to teach your children. And I'm going to tell you this boldly. If you have left your kids in public school, and I understand for some people there is no other option, but I'm telling you, you should not have your kids in public school. Here's a teacher that just dramatically, zealously wants to teach your children about critical race theory. Here's, here, this is an example of a public school teacher. In, most, in my own county where I live, Sarasota County, Florida, something along the lines of 80 to 90% of the teachers are registered Democrats. You need to keep that in mind when you ship your child off to school every day for six to, six to eight hours per day. You need to keep that in mind, knowing that people like this are teaching your children. Play it for me. This is what's bull. Today is the first time our country has recognized Juneteenth. It's a national holiday. And yet I'm getting ready to go back to school in the fall. And my governor has put into place some ridiculous legislation that many governors across the country have put into place, such as I can't teach anything divisive, I can't teach critical race theory, and I can't teach about racial equity. This is at all public schools, colleges, and universities. So, teachers, <clears throat> in the past, We've been activists. After the show of last year, we really need to stand up and do what's right for our kids right now. So this is a call to action, teachers. we got to stand up and fight for our kids because this is bull. We can't lie to them. And she talks about, what's funny is she actually talks about Juneteenth and how great Juneteenth is. Yeah, you can go side by side. Here's some examples of Juneteenth, our recent new holiday that we got going. Here's This is in Long Beach, New Jersey. A bunch of people celebrating the new national holiday that is, holiday that is Juneteenth. Here we go, how well that's going. And there was multiple, multiple shootings at multiple Juneteenth celebrations. You know why? Because it's just another excuse to separate people according to race. Switch to the other one from Jewish Deplorables. This is from Oakland, California. Inside of this ambulance is a shooting victim and the ambulance can't drive off because of what's going on here. Switch off of that. We don't need to keep it too long, but that's what's going on. Switch off of that video. So that's what's happening. That's Juneteenth. 
again, just another example of how to separate us according to race. You're like Juneteenth, Tom. That's when you know all the, the slaves were emancipated. Great. I think it's a great thing. But you know what? We don't need another holiday that the left is using to usher in political discord. We don't need it because that's all that Juneteenth turned into. And that's all that it is. We don't need another holiday that says, you know what? Let's think about the color of our skin. And you know, parents, going back to teachers, parents have just about had it. Play this video for me. Comment, I'm but quoting, do not just do a minute. Do not talk over me. This is my comment, not your comment. I'm quoting to you now from the United States Supreme Court 1964 case, New York Times versus Sullivan. This is constitutional case law in this country, and I'm quoting you from the U.S. Supreme Court. The, just, the judges wrote that this nation is founded on the quote profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues shall be uninhibited, robust and wide open and that it may well include vehement, caustic and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials. That's constitutional case law in this nation. I don't have to be nice to you. Nobody behind me has to be nice to you. If you don't like living in the United States of America, then you can all move to Russia, Cuba, or China. This is the First Amendment. And I will, I will, caution, you, I will caution you, solicitor. There is a video camera to my left. If you edit this tape, then you're going to have a big legal problem on your hands because my right, right back to, to me. So there you go. And that's how you should fight. And that's what the church should be doing. The church in America stays out of politics. Show me the Bible verse. Show it to me. I hear all the time that you shouldn't have politics from the pulpit. Show me the Bible verse. Explain to me the black robe regiment that happened during the Revolutionary War of evangelical Christians leading the way. And only about 3%, and people don't know this, only about 3% of America participated in the Revolutionary War, just so you know. So everybody's standing on the sidelines hoping that things get better. It won't get better until you participate. This is how things are going. Here's Sesame Street for you. Look at this. Sesame Street, are you going to say anything about this? Evangelical pastors, are you going to say anything? Or are you just going to, oh, this is politics. No, this is, this is anti-biblical sin being, being propagated to the youngest among us. Look at what it says. Sesame Street introduces two gay dads. What, Tom, that's just not very nice to call that sin. It's sin. Is it nice to tell people that are hellbound that they're going to heaven? Is it nice for them to sit in your little association of related art churches with Pastor Skinny Jeans and Pastor Skip Verses? who avoids Bible verses to accumulate a congregation where you sacrifice the Bible on the altar of numbers? Is it right to sit there and allow people who are living in sin to go straight to hell and you don't ever even warn them because you want them to feel loved according to your definition of love instead of love's word? Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. So the word is love. God is love. So the word is love. 1 John 4, 16, that's the fact. So here you have it. Sesame Street introduces two gay dads and their daughter for family day episode. This is what's going on in our culture. COVID being brought out was what was going on in our culture. And the church did the same thing with both of them. 
caves to them, doesn't call homosexuality sin. Listen, there's some great Republican pundits out there, conservative pundits that are gay. I will tell them to their face if they ask me, Hey, Tom, am I going to hell when I die if I do not repent of my homosexuality? Yes. Listen, I have sinned sexually. I get it. If I didn't repent of my sexual sin, I would have gone to hell. No, everybody's afraid to say it. Just like everybody was afraid to stand up to COVID. I never locked down. I've never worn a mask. I've never social distanced. And I never will. Period. You don't cave to this woke culture, which is the same culture that caved to COVID. It's amazing to me. You'll hear pastors that will stand up maybe even against the Sesame Street stuff and they've got a mask on while they're preaching. It's the same capitulation. You're caving to lies propagated to you by the same group of people, which is the leftist culture. All right, put the next one up, John Solomon. Here we go. More leftist culture, more wokeism. New York to remove Teddy Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt statute from outside. I think that was the night of the museum guy, right? The statute from outside American Museum of Natural History in New York. Teddy Roosevelt's gone. What, what, what for? Name the reason why. They, 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 want to de- they want to demolish Mount Rushmore too. Here's some more wokeism for you. The, the Olympics is done. Just so you know, it's over. It's over. You, listen, the people that you need to glom onto right now is people like the UFC and Dana White who will not allow men to fight women. You know what the truth is? And, and again, pastors are afraid to say it. Conservative politicians are afraid to say it. When somebody says, I request that you call me female and I'm male, you don't do it. You don't do it. Just because somebody, if somebody's requesting that you lie as a believer, knowing that Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 says that liars will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. It actually is the only sin. If you look at Revelation chapter 21 verse 8, it gives a litany and a list of sin. Murderers, sorcerers, uh, adulterers, the sexually immoral. It doesn't put all in front of any of those until it gets to liars. It says all liars. All the rest of them don't have an all in front of it because God's word is nuanced for reasons. It has an all in front of liars. If you sit there and you give in and you call this man a woman and you're like, well, we want to be sweet to everybody. That's not Christianity. Christianity is not be sweet to everybody. It's preach the word. 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And only one of those words, exhort, is not correction. That's what you do is you say to this person, you are a man, you should not be competing against women. What's going to happen? What, what happened, what happened to the, 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 the girl who was competing for that spot? It's gone. You can't compete. There's lots of things that women can do that, that, as well as men, but it's not weightlifting. All right, go to the next one. Sean Hannity tweet. This is real. Major university bans oppressive language like picnic and killing it. So you're not allowed to say picnic? It's banned? I mean, where are these lists? And I mean, and you're going to send your kid to this school, Brandeis University, it's on the bottom? 
I'm telling you right now, any Christian who still believes in the college experience is moronic. Don't send your, what, what do you have? Is that going to be part of the, the student booklet now that you get? Make sure you review your curriculum booklet and all of your banned language. You realize that in the UK right now, you get arrested for hate speech? That, was, that didn't exist a decade ago. And who are the purveyors of hate? Who are the ones that will actually determine what is hate? I feel that, am I allowed to arrest people because they hate Christianity? Absolutely not. But I could be, I would be arrested in the UK for what I just said about homosexuality just one minute ago. So you don't stand up for it in your pulpits. You're like, Tom, why do you always pick on the church? Just the Bible. First Peter chapter four, verse 17, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Judgment begins with us first. Are you standing up? When COVID tyranny was presented to you, what did you say? Well, this is a deadly illness and we want to be a good community partner and a good neighbor and we don't want to offend anybody and love thy neighbor and make sure we wear our mask and pray for a vaccine. Is that what you did? That's not the Bible. Lockdown, that's not the Bible. Mask, that's not the Bible at all. What do you follow? What Jesus are you following? If you're not following the Bible, what Jesus are you following? Well, we do believe, you know, we do follow the Bible, but you have to use wisdom. That's not a Bible verse. God does not need you to interweave your wisdom into the word of God. What you do with sicknesses is you quote scripture. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Matthew 16, 19. He took up our infirmities. He carried our diseases. All of those, which I just said that one. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Psalm 103, 3. Oh yeah, well, you know, yeah, I still have to use wisdom. Why? Who told you that? That's not a Bible verse. Here's a, here's a head, headline from an article out of the Gateway Pundit. Crazy Biden administration issues order mandating race training at every level of the federal government. That's why you don't cave to COVID. Allow them to have ballot drop, drop boxes all over the United States for them to put in balance, uh, ballots with no chain of custody, no signature verification, no ID required, because now we've got crazy Biden issuing an executive order mandating race training at every level of the federal government. How does that not rivet your soul? It's like vaccine passports. How does that not rivet the Christian's soul? How are you not going? Oh my gosh, that sounds like Revelation chapter 13, 16 through 18. He causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. How does this not rivet your soul to see people being forced into racial training how about some, how about some uh, racial education, re-education camps? Maybe, maybe we'll switch into being like, treated like the Uyghur Muslims are in China right now, where they're going to the re-education camps by the train load, sound, looking like they're being shipped off to Auschwitz. And believe me, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's an equal tragedy, but it's numbering into hundreds of thousands of people. Who knows where they are? Who knows if they're alive? We know that they're being raped daily, re-educated daily, and murdered daily. And nobody will say a word about it. You're like, well, that's not the United States. This is where it starts. Mandating training? Mandating racial training? Who's the one? Who who decides who's right and who's wrong in this racial training? We all know that being a racist is stupid and sinful and wrong. We get it. 
But they're not using it for those reasons. They're using it to usher in socialism and globalism. So the headline, crazy Biden administration issues orders is from the Gateway Pundit mandating race training at every level of the federal government. The executive order establishes an ambitious whole of government initiative. This is a quote. This is written from the White House establishes an ambitious whole of government initiative that will take a systematic approach to embedding DEIA diversity equity, inclusion, and accessibility in federal hiring and employment practices, according to the White House fact sheet. In practice, it will ensure that federal agencies employ tenants associated with critical race theory within hiring practices and day-to-day activities. It's unknown if the training, this is from the Gateway Pundit, it's unknown if the training will include stories of Corn Pop and his hairy legs. Play it for me. And by the way, you know, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. There you go. There's, there's corn pop. All right, switching subjects here for just a minute. This is a uh, Pelagisi tweet put up there for me. There we go. I just had to show you this. This is what you do. This is when you're dealing with the lamestream leftist propagandist Goebbels media. This is a this is the the president of Armenia talking to a reporter from the BBC. This is how you handle yourself. Play it for me. Because there have been no restrictions. And the number of uh, internet users in Azerbaijan is uh, more than 80%. Can you imagine the restriction of media in a country where internet is free, there is no censorship, and there are 80% of internet users? We have millions of people on Facebook. How can you say that we don't have free media? This is, again, a biased approach. This is an attempt to create a perception in Western audience about Azerbaijan. We have opposition, we have NGOs, we have uh, free political activity, we have free media, we have uh, freedom of speech. But if you raise this question, can I ask you also one? How do you uh, assess what happened to Mr. Assange? Is it a reflection of free media in your country? We're not here to discuss no, my country. Discuss. No, let's discuss. No, President In order Ali- to accuse me, saying that Armenians will not have free uh, media here. Let's talk about Assange. How many years, sorry, how many years he spent in Ecuadorian embassy? And for what? And where is he now? For journalistic activity. You kept that person hostage, actually killing him morally and physically. You did it, not us, and now he's in prison. So you have no moral right to talk about free media when you do these things. Returning to the conflict, how Yeah, better return to the conflict, because this is not what you like. You like only to accuse, only to attack. But look at the mirror. Look, I tell many times, before coming and lecturing us, and in your question, accusing me, it's not a question, it's accusation. You talk like a prosecutor. Why? If you're so democratic and so objective, why you keep Assange in prison? For what? You keep him in prison because of his journalistic activity. I'm not keeping Sorry, him in prison. back pr- to me. 
So this, what he's saying is very simple. The BBC, and that's where she's from, she's alleging that the UK has journalistic integrity, journalistic freedom. They do not. You're not allowed to say certain things or you will be banned and or arrested. And she goes, I said it wrong, it's the president of Armenia, president of Azerbaijan, which are Armenian people. She's going and lecturing the president of that country about journalistic integrity and journalistic freedom while they locked up Julian Assange for writing things. He's wanted in, and we're no better. We're a little bit better in the United States in that we're not arresting people for hate speech yet, although there is a statute in California where you can be arrested for hate speech by for calling a he, a she, or a she, or he. So he's on, that's what you do is you confront these people. You don't sit there and play patty cake and play nicety with them. You confront them and you call them out. And he just said, why, why is Julian Assange in prison? Because he released information. He has not committed a crime. He's wanted in the United States too. For what? And I hope that I, I hope I have get more time to get into Julian Assange tonight, but I'll tell you this. He's wanted in the United States for doing what exactly? What crime? For releasing information. He hasn't done anything. The problem is to say that he released information on the wrong people. And see, the word of God says differing weights and differing measures. The Lord detests them both out of the book of Proverbs. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent. The Lord detests them both out of the book of Proverbs. See, what's going on now is if you have the correct narrative, you can do whatever you want. If you have the politically incorrect narrative, then you get, listen, we used to just get banned. Now we're getting arrested. There's 400 people sitting in D.C. Metro jail for trespassing on the, on the Capitol on January 6th. And yes, that's the only crime that they committed was trespassing or vandalism, of which most of the time you would receive a citation, pay a fine, and never even go to court. They've been sitting in prison for months in isolated confinement. We can't have, that's what's truly going on. And we have to do something about this. And it starts with the church and you need to stand up. But back to Julian Assange for just a second. He he has been prosecuted. He's been, now he's in jail facing charges, one in the United States for doing what? For simply telling the truth, just like he did in this speech right here. Play it for me. Instead, I want to tell you what I think is the way that wars come to be and that wars can be undone. In democracies or the pseudo-democracies that we are evolving into, wars are a result of lies. The Vietnam War and the push for US involvement was a result of the Gulf of Tonkin incident. A lie. The Iraq war famously is a result of lies. Wars in Somalia are a result of lies. The Second World War and the German invasion of Poland was a result of carefully constructed lies. That is war by media. Let us ask ourselves of the complicit media, which is the majority of the mainstream press, what is the average death count attributed to each journalist? 
understand that wars come about as a result of lies peddled to the British public and the American public and the publics all over Europe and other countries, then who are the war criminals? It is not just leaders, it is not just soldiers, it is journalists. Journalists are war criminals. And why one might think that that should lead us to a state of despair, that the reality that is constructed around us is constructed by liars, is constructed by people who are close to those that they are meant to be policing. It should lead us also to an optimistic understanding, because if wars can be started by lies, truth can be started, peace can be started by truth. So that is our task and it is your task. Go and get the truth. Get into the ballpark and get the ball and give it to us and we'll spread it all over the world. And see, that's why I love Trump. Trump wanted to get us out. I'm not saying Trump was perfect. He was as perfect as I've ever seen as a president. He wasn't great on debt, but other than that, he did a great job. And I'll vote for him again in 2024. However, he was trying to get us out of these endless wars that are all based in lies. And you might be thinking, Tom, you're kind of jumping all over the place here. I know a little bit that I am, but that's my point is, is that people are endlessly on the left are always trying to suppress. Julian Assange is not known as some right winger. He's just somebody that's out there espousing the truth. And because he is, he's habitually suppressed. Now, I want to bring this up just in in heading towards the end tonight. I showed you these videos on Thursday, and I wanted you to ask yourself this question. Would these guys lie to you? Play the first one for me. Thank you. Admiral Gilday, I want to talk about your choice to include books like How to Be an Anti-Racist and The New Jim Crow on your professional reading list. We discussed this last week in our phone call. Normally, I wouldn't disclose that conversation, but you said the exact same thing in front of the Armed Services Committee in the House last week, which I found deeply disappointing. When you're asked questions about this, you characterize uh, it as a criticism of sailors for being weak. Um, That is a straw man. It's not a criticism of sailors being weak. It's a criticism of your decision to include these books on your professional reading list, which ensigns and sailors across your service take very seriously. So I just want to give you a sampling of some of the things that are included in books like this, uh, that the notion that capitalism is essentially racist and racism is essentially capitalist, that the only remedy for past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy for present discrimination is future discrimination, that some individuals by virtue of his or her race are inherently oppressive Uh, or privilege, while others are victimized or oppressed, uh, that individuals can bear some kind of collective responsibility or collective guilt for the actions committed by members of his or her race. Um, Admiral Gilday, how did these books get on your reading list? As a different perspective. And Uh, and it's you're saying, yes, I agree, there's a lot of information like that on social media and in our culture, and you're saying as the senior leader of the Navy that you want 18-year-old sailors and 22-year-old ensigns to read a book that asserts that capitalism is essentially racist. Do you, do you agree that capitalism is essentially racist? Sir, I'm, I'm, 
with all due respect, I'm not going to engage without understanding the context of, of statements like that. But these are the so, same statements. Admiral, this is, I'm sorry, my, our, our time is very limited here. Um, I, I know you said this in the House Armed Services Committee last week. In what context could the claim that capitalism is essentially racist possibly be something with which you would agree? So I have to go back to the book to take a look at that. But, but again, this comes down to trusting sailors who are running nuclear power plants on submarines. At, uh, I, sir, I, I believe that we can trust them to, to read books like that and to draw reasonable conclusions. Well, it's not, it's not just a matter of trusting them. It's a matter of how they spend their time. And you, as the chief of naval operations, are suggesting in your professional reading list that it's a worthwhile endeavor for our sailors and ensigns to, read, to spend their time reading books like these, as opposed to, say, books on maritime strategy. I mean, the Navy has had genuine cultural problems now for many years, whether it's the McCain and the Fitzgerald having collisions in the Western Pacific, the Bonhomer Shard catching fire in port, the Fat Leonard scandal, a Navy SEAL team being recalled from Iraq because of a breakdown in basic military order, a patrol boat in the Persian Gulf ascent surrendering to what is little more than Iranian fishing boat. The Navy has had some genuine cultural problems and drift and lack of focus that it needs to address. Assigning books like these and encouraging your sailors to take the time to do so is not a way for the Navy to regain its focus, Admiral. So here's the thing. I love the, I love the military and support the military. I was raised in a military home. My dad was a, a naval officer for 20 years served in Vietnam. I love the military, but when Joe Biden's in charge of the military, you had better watch it for the liars. Here's another one for you. Play it for me. He is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He didn't get that job because he's brilliant or because he's brave or because the people who know him respect him. He is not, and they definitely don't. Milley got the job because he is obsequious. He knows who to suck up to, and he's more than happy to do it. Feed him a script, and he will read it. Here's Milley yesterday, the man in charge of this nation's weapons, explaining that he's working to understand a concept called white rage. I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that, because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. Hard to believe that man wears a uniform. He's that unimpressive. Notice he never defined white rage, and we should know what it is. What is white rage? Well, like drapedomania, it's one of those diseases that only affect people with certain melanin levels. It's a race-specific illness. All right, back That's to me. Let me close this out. Julian Assange was correct. And when you have people like this in charge, you don't just sycophantically follow them and say, I'm pro-military. I am pro-military. I love the United States military 100%. But when people like this are in charge, you need to watch them. Let me read you this. Lead witness in U.S. case against Julian Assange admits to fabricating evidence against him. He should have been exonerated by President Trump. It's one of the, pardoned by President Trump, it's one of the biggest mistakes that he made. Church of 
Jesus Christ. Stand in the truth. Never give an inch because they'll take a mile. God bless you. I love you. Thank you so much for watching the Tom Lively podcast tonight. We appreciate you tuning in. Mainstream media is no longer reporting honestly about what's going on in and around the world. It is our goal to get the truth and facts out to the people who are tired of hearing the lies of the media. If you enjoyed watching and want to help us make sure it continues, you can invest in the program by going to TomLipley.com and clicking on Give. Thank you so much for watching, and we hope you tune in again. Listen, there's a lot of people that have come to this church from other churches, and they're barely hanging on here. But the reason why they're hanging on is because their old church is dead. This church scares them, but they'd rather have scared than dead. God's in control. No, he's not. You are. You implement the word of God or you don't. God's in charge once you're dead. You're in charge now. Tom, that sounds like, that sounds blasphemous. That's only because you've been taught a wrong doctrine on the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty means above all, not in control of all. If God was in control of all, we wouldn't see what we see. Who's in control of America? The God of the spirit of the air, the devil. Only by Christians taking ground, recapturing territory, or never surrendering territory to begin with. That is the hope of America. We are so excited about our new online apparel store. Find more styles and colors on our website. Get your foundation apparel today at store.foundationchurchfl.com.